Morning, Cam. Good morning, Kaylin. Happy How Sunday. How's it going? Happy Sunday. It's going well. Yeah. Uh, I lost you. Pardon there me. There you are. I lost the the Skype screen. I uh, gotcha. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's gloomy this morning, but uh, hopefully it clears up. Actually, I heard it might rain today. Darn. Yeah, I think it's gonna rain. I've oh. been having trouble getting work done on like these really nice days, so maybe today will be like a bit of a getting stuff done day for me. That's fair. I think I'm like since I'm very much in the full time job situation, I'm always disappointed when the weekends are like you know not absolutely beautiful. Well, that plus like you know. <laughs> Quarantine exacerbates it. There's only so many indoor spaces we can attend. Yeah, that's true. I definitely, yeah, I've been enjoying that about like the, I don't know, more freedom, like uh, freelancing life. Like this week I went skateboarding in the middle of the week, just like probably once or twice and during the, you know, during the day. And yeah, aside from having to deal with a bunch of kids on scooters, um, <laughs> it was pretty great. <laughs> I guess that was less of a thing when you were younger, a ton of people on scooters. Yeah, wow. It's like, I don't know. It's the new thing, which is weird because these things all came out when we were kids. Like, I remember yes. being in grade seven or something. Grade I had a scooter. Yeah. yeah. And now they are back in full force. I never thought like they kind of caught on, became a big fad, and now they're just like back and they they make these like really intense ones and kids are doing actually pretty wild tricks on these at the skate park, but they're kind of like I don't know, fruit flies, like wherever you go in the park, they just seem to like be all <laughs> around you and you're like, "Oh, get out of here. You're all in my way." So, yeah. Oh, that's too funny. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like they've been like around again for like a few years now. I remember when I first started seeing them again and I was like, oh, this is weird. And now it's just absolutely normalized like kids, adults, everyone. I see some people too with like the electric ones, which are super fun. Um, But unfortunately, we don't have like those kind of rental services in Toronto. I remember we were supposed to get them. Uh, I don't know what happened to that. There was like, well, it probably got shut down or something. But yeah, I remember that was coming. And after me and your partner Diego had tried them in San Francisco when we went there a couple years ago and we were both like it was really fun so yeah it is a pretty cool service to have in the city I would say like um, you could really get across town on those things you know I yeah I remember hearing they were piloting in Waterloo but then I don't know I don't know I didn't keep track of that so yeah same I have other stuff going on I guess <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it back on the top of the priority list for tracking though because uh, yeah. I would like those, but I know a lot of people have qualms with them and like, I don't know, them being left all over the place or whatever it is, safety, a bunch of things, but they're pretty cheap. If you, well, cheap, I'd say like relatively inexpensive to purchase one as like, if I was working across town yeah. or something in an office, which nobody is right now, but if, if I was working across town, <laughs> theoretically, then, yeah, then I could see it being a pretty decent, like you probably pay the price of a year's worth of TTC, like our transit system. And then you have this thing that you can use like for anything to go around yeah. and opens up a lot of the city, um, except in the winter. I mean, it does in the winter, but on the snowy days, it would be pretty bad. So. Yeah. Do you know how much like, I don't know, an entry level scooter costs or like, I feel a- like they were under a thousand. Oh. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Something Very interesting. Think about Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's going on with you uh, this week? 
Yeah. Um, I feel like it's been, well, I won't say a lighter week, but I think a lot of my time spent on, um, day job stuff. Um, I won't dig into all of it, but I think, um, some things coming up with work. I think I mentioned before that I'm, that I'm on a committee at work, uh, for our hackathon. So that's coming up this week, which is exciting. It's kind of the first remote hackathon. So I think it's a little bit harder to get people in attendance, but yeah, I just like, it's really, we had a pitch day last week and it's just really interesting to hear people's different ideas. There's so many things that I think like, wow, that's really cool. But like technically just like in every single way beyond anything I understand, but very cool. Very cool. <laughs> I wish you all the luck in the world. Um, yeah. So I like, I really, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing what comes out of that. It was kind of the first, uh, committee that I joined at work. So yeah, I, I Anyways, it's fun to see something come to life. It's taken much longer than expected because I think it was initially intended to be months ago in person in office, but obviously, um, you know, things, they change. So uh, I've been working on that um, outside of kind of general day-to-day work stuff at work. And then outside of that, yeah, I think my, my updates are pretty light. The majority of what I was working on this week, actually, which wasn't what I expected, but I had more trouble connecting with my mom than, than, uh, anticipated, uh, was just working on the Shopify store. So figuring out, um, yeah, how everything works, how to set up products, how to customize different, um, themes. I didn't really want to buy a theme yet just because I'm trying to like minimize the amount of money that we're spending on anything up front. But I seem to have found one that works pretty well for, I think our purposes. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I think also just like the process of putting that together, allows us to understand what type of like content and photos and all of that stuff that we need. Um, yeah, I think I, I still need to figure out a lot of things around like how shipping calculation and all of that works. Um, on the plus side, my mother works for Canada post. So I think she can be helpful <laughs> with a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. So primarily just working on, um, the Shopify side of things. I think last week I mentioned that we were mostly going to focus on social media this week, but that's not exactly what happened. Um, yeah. So, uh, I'm feeling like, because I, although I think that the social media is like a lift in a good way that will be really helpful. I'm actually starting to feel like the simpler thing to do is to get the store set up and make sure we have like all the packaging that we need and all that kind of stuff. And that Mm -hmm. my mom can start promoting it through channels. She's already on like Facebook and that in conjunction will also build up the social media presence. But I actually think it, it makes less sense to wait and build up a platform that doesn't exist yet. Um, rather than try to just get like something up and running in there, um, to share with people that she kind of is already familiar with, um, and then see if we like, see where we net out with that and then try to continue building an audience or customers, um, as we go. But yeah, I'm open to any thoughts around that. I just like, as I was setting up the store, I thought like, oh, this is a lot easier and quicker than I thought it would be. So, uh, I think just getting that up and running will be, um, yeah, uh, less of a challenge than I thought. Yeah, I mean, I guess I would say that that does make sense. Like if it was something that you had to build out a whole application, you know, from scratch and it's going to be a couple months, then obviously there's a lot of value to setting up some sort of, I don't know, email capture landing page and getting some hype built up around it. But also if, yeah, there's already an audience waiting which we've seen like some people asking about already like give me a link to the store you know that people are kind of you know if you can get that in people's hands early then you can 
keep iterating on it. Um, so yeah, and like you're saying, it's probably not unattainable to get that um, right. Really and it's moving not, quickly. It's not like this massive financial investment to get it off the ground either. Like a lot in terms of like the ingredients and stuff to like make teas. My mom is like well equipped with m- most of what she needs. Obviously, we need to order like new things for for some new teas and things like that. And then think we're gonna like redo packaging and labeling, but like it's not a huge, massive lift. And then I think as we go, we'll learn more about like, okay. It, Cause it turns out there is like blogging capabilities and all of that on Shopify, which I think you mentioned before. So figuring out like, okay, like what content do we want to put out? How can we align that across the store and Instagram um, and Facebook? If, if that's a thing too, because honestly some of the target market might be more active in places like that. So I was surprised yeah. with beer finder, how much Facebook actually was a driver. Oh. Um, yeah, it's definitely um, not the Facebook pages so much as these like Facebook groups that are very right. much more community driven. And and so I think between those and like forums and stuff like that, you can find a lot of people to, that are just talking and sharing. And, and that's kind of like that natural word of mouth that you'll, you'll see a lot. Yeah, that, I think that's really interesting. And like, yeah, I should definitely look into that. I, I mean it's always interesting how all these niche worlds exist that you don't really know about, like, because we're just not part of it, but even like all of these different, like super interesting T Instagrams that I've come across and like all the different styles of what people do and what people are interested in. Um, I mean, I've, I'm all, I've always been interested in tea and coffee, but I just think like some people really take it to like a much more uh, niche and detailed level than I ever have. Mm-hmm. Um, I think both in the tea and coffee space, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of my light update for the week. I like, yeah, I always enjoy kind of messing around with like new tools and platforms. So it's been interesting to uh like like get this Shopify store set up. I'm sure there's like a wealth of things that I I'm certain there's a wealth of things that I don't know about Shopify yet. So I'm gonna continue also just like looking at articles and YouTube videos to see like what are the like state the obvious things that I'm not doing or missing out on right now. But just a uh a thought on, on kind of the Facebook and, and the Instagram like pages and stuff that you're finding. It kind of just reminded me of the uh, early stages of beer finder. Like I kind of made the, you know, the app and then, um, and then I start, I'm, I wasn't super involved in the beer community at all. um, Before, aside from like going to breweries and enjoying, you know, drinking beer and stuff. But, um, but I kind of started and I'm sure you're a list builder as well, but like I started, yeah, curating kind of a couple different lists. And one of them was almost like a media list and it was like blogs, um, resources, like online, um, like, yeah, kind of influencers even like on, on, uh, Instagram or Facebook that these are people that are writing about beer or writing about, um, or kind of just like sharing pictures of beer um, or with the blogs, it might be like they actually have a team. And so that was one side of things was almost like building a media list so that when you launch or you actually have new things that you're putting out, like a new tea, you can kind of send like a, a press release almost and like get people talking about it and ask them to share like, Hey, we have this news if there's anything you can do. And you know, sometimes they'll be hungry for new content because they're content driven businesses. So they'll help spread the word. And that was one angle. And then the other was 
actually more along that like Facebook group and subreddits and um, you know Twitter kind of like hashtags and stuff, which was more like uh, I guess our content that we would drive um, where we would kind of um, you know if we were putting out new features or we added new breweries things like that I would go write a post on Reddit and kind of du- duplicate that onto Twitter or into one of these Facebook groups or or many of these Facebook groups and say like hey we've got this new stuff and like kind of do a post around that um, and it you know it's a really good thing to just build those resources that you have um, to share with these communities and start building that community as- aspect of it. So. Right. Yeah. I think that those are like really, really great suggestions and definitely, um, yeah, we should definitely consider and, 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 and take you up on um, those ideas. Cause I think that that makes a world of sense. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that, that came up, but no, nothing specifically in that realm. I think the only other thing for me is I feel like I am, going to be going into some months of uh, busyness and classes and all of that. So I'm going to, I mean, I just received kind of a note the other day on some freelance work that I was doing kind of pre pandemic, which mostly was like closed off and all of that. And if anyone remembers, this had to do with like some automation around Jira and Salesforce and that kind of stuff. But I gather there's like maybe a, a couple loose ends or tweaks or things that, that we might um, do on that. So that's something that I'll be taking on in the next hopefully few weeks. I don't want to like spend too long on it because then I'm kind of going to be in a situation where I have work, but then twice a week I'm doing Spanish and twice a week I will have this JavaScript course. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's only like, I mean between that and like homework that I should be doing for Spanish and that I will need to be doing for the JavaScript course. uh, Yeah. I think it's going to be like pretty programmed for the next uh, few months, but I'm still hoping to really find, um, some time on the weekends to work on um, this tea stuff with my mom. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Um, it'll give you a chance to like apply some of those skills, maybe not the Spanish ones, but the <laughs> <laughs> JavaScript ones <laughs> in small ways. Oh uh, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that's pretty much it for me. Um, I don't have any other kind of like breaking news updates right now, but I, I don't actually have any idea what's been going on in your world um, for the last week. We haven't really chatted this week too much. Yeah, let's see. Um, I had, I don't know, these weeks are like seeming kind of strange. Again, I think because it's summer, I'm not as like just motivated or like I don't sit down and plan my days out very well right now too. Like I'll go for a walk and kind of try. I'm I'm really trying to actually enjoy some of summer, but in in doing so, I'm also like... um, it can feel like I get like one to two small things done a day. Um, right. But looking back at this week, I think also part of it, thinking thinking about it, is like I'm not coding a lot right now. And part of that is because I'm doing more like customer exploration, idea validation. And I could definitely be doing, still committing some more time to that. But it still doesn't feel like you're making too much progress if you're not coding, if you're like me. and I, If you're used how, to that, I guess, yeah. yeah. Though you can easily code like for a month and build the wrong thing if you don't know what you're doing. And so I think the theme for me is trying to step away from that and really just take a a step back and and make sure that there are some, um, I don't know, make sure I'm going to be working towards the right thing and planning things out 
properly without over planning. So um, I had a call earlier this week with um, a friend who we originally met through this opportunity that was going to do some freelancing work for, for him. Um, and then I'm not going to name the company just cause I'd, we never really like talked about doing that, but, um, I actually, he's starting a podcast and so oh, cool. I listened to his podcast and gave some feedback on like, you know, the levels and what I thought of the content and it's, it's around freelancing and, and whatnot. Um, and, yeah, I really liked it. And then somehow in our conversation got to talking about like what I'm up to. And I told them I was starting, you know, to potentially look at this form space as a, like trying to find a solution in the form space. And he was kind of like, if you come up with a solution that's like type form, but, you know, a little less expensive, like, let me know. And I was like, well, this is a really good opportunity if you have time to just book like a quick call and, do yeah. kinda, you know, like the mom test style uh, customer validation or product validation interview questions. Um, and for anyone who hasn't heard, the mom test is kind of just a way of uh, framing your questions to, um, to learn if your product is going to be, you know, if it's going to be the right fit. Like basically you're validating if there's a need for your product. Um, and so, yeah, I had a chat with him. It went a bit long, but it was uh, really valuable in just like, um, yeah, I got to ask about, uh, let's see, um, got to ask about, you know, what form solutions he's kind of using right now, um, what price he's paying, what, um, yeah, what are the tools? He kind of walked me through how he's using those tools together. And yeah, I got to just like have a conversation around that. It was kind of my first like um, foray into um, talking directly with someone who might be a good um, customer. Um, right. If we move, if I move forward on this um, and he's kind of in the small business, you know, he, it's not a large company like enterprise, but so it was good to get some thoughts around that and, um, and kind of learn a bit about what the issues are. Um, he's using, you know, like a mix of like type form and also Webflow has some forms built in and, and kind of these integrations for sending off to MailChimp uh, when you submit a form. And he walked me through how he's building some of that and um, it was really helpful. Um, also, not quite a customer call, um, but something else that I've been doing to explore. Um, there's a technique called like the sales safari um, where you kind of go into like Reddit or Twitter and you start like searching out what customers are saying about products and right. you kind of just like note the problems and the um, you know things they like and don't like about solutions. Um, I've had mixed luck with that. Like not a lot of people are often you know just tweeting about how much they love their forms or whatever uh, or really the pains that they're they're having with it. Um, but I was using Captera and G2. Uh, I found, I f was listening what to What are those? Sorry. Yeah. So they're kind of product comparison websites. Got it. Um, and so you can kind of see like type, vo type form versus jot form or, um, I don't know, Asana versus Trello and those right. types of things. And it will compare different things and it has reviews and the reviews is where I really like found some, uh, cool stuff in there. Um, and 
it asks you it each of the reviews kind of asks like what are the pros of this product what are the cons of this product and what are you using this problem like what's the problem you're trying to solve with this and those are like very real almost like the mom test style questions and so I yeah. went to these websites and kind of sorted by you know star rating and see what some of the problems are that are coming up in this and so you can see you know some themes around like a lack of customer support um or issues with data not actually like getting wiped out and things oh, like that yeah. and so this really presents some great opportunities um in both positioning and kind of messaging for like if I'm starting a new company and I can see where the competition is having issues, I, that can help me to kind of see where I should land in terms of my offering um, and what I need to focus on. It also tells me out of their pros, like what people are really enjoying and need out of the product. So it tells me the kind of table stakes of what I need. Like, oh, it needs to have the ability to integrate with MailChimp, etc. Or Google Form, or sorry, Google Sheets or something like that. Right. So that is super helpful. And then it also gives you um, at a next stage, once you build out your website and, and whatnot, you can... It's a bit of a, like, it's a pretty common move. It feels a bit cheap or snaky. I don't know, like, um, but you build these pages that are like alternative to Typeform, alternative to Dropform and whatnot. And yeah. it's a pretty common SEO strategy because when you're a brand new company, people are not searching for like your yes. unknown form name, but they are searching for like alternatives to this. And if you I can do it start all the time, yeah. ranking for that, then you end up being able to capture some of the search results and you can use some of those comments from these pages to kind of show like what the things like at first you might be like, oh, I don't know what I would compare against. But if you're able to like grab these um, problems, go build a solution for them and then say, look, we, we do this, whereas um, this other solution doesn't, then it gives you a direct comparison and yeah. helps you in the SEO game and also in just winning over your customers with your messaging. And so your messaging can be very directed to like, don't let your, you know, don't be stuck without support or, you know, don't let your data get, um, like you want your data to be secure. Like it gives you more options. Those are horrible you know h1s but it, you yeah. can see where you can start working shopping workshopping that yeah um, i think that's like uh that's a super interesting strategy and i definitely uh it resonates with me as a frequent googler of alternative to blank solution because i don't know there's so many enterprise solutions that are just like an absurd amount of money and sometimes i, I need it for a really small project or whatever it is and there's i i, I often find a lot of a ton of more reasonably priced or free solutions by doing that. So I think that's like a super smart way to go. Um, yeah. I guess also if, if anyone's listening who forms are a part of their life and they want to talk to Cam, you should reach out to us on Twitter at WorkPals. Um, <laughs> then maybe you can get some more uh, customer conversations or potential customer conversations in there as well. Yeah, it's something I'm thinking about is just trying to yeah chat with more people. So that would be great, actually. Um, yeah, I'm not opposed to like I'm not, I'm not narrowed in on any niche yet or any market so I'm actually you know I want to talk to some other types of founders or developers or 
um, product managers and and, and kind of see how these different groups are using forms because forms being such a wide, uh, you know, widely used product for like surveys or contact forms or email signups. There are so many use cases. And so right. that becomes challenging to niche in. But like I get to, I can kind of like go and talk to each of these groups and see how they're using them, what the problems are. And, and that will help me narrow in on, on some of that positioning as well. Yeah, that's very cool. I think, uh, yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, so that has been a theme of just kind of like doing a bit of that each day. Um, I had a call with uh, like just the freelancing side is still um, simmering right now in that I'm not actually actively working on anything, but I do have some, you know, conversations bubbling up around September looks like a time that people are going to need some help. So I may be switching gears to help one or two companies in in the next bit um, and kind of just talking with some new client, new potential clients, also old, like clients I've already helped in the past about doing work again. So it's, it's just nice to have um, to know that might be coming up and that I might need to switch gears. So, um, so that's a thing. Um, let's see. Beer finder. We had, a new customer sign on. Uh, oh, cool. Which, Congrats. Thanks. Yeah. Um, we kind of saw that coming, I think, from a couple of weeks because we were chatting with Junction Craft Brewery. Kind of a, a pretty good fit here, I think, for, for the service um, in that they deliver to all of Ontario and they have a pretty good variety of beers versus right. having like a single skew and only delivering to like, I don't know, Ottawa or something. Um, and so... We sign them on, and that means that we also need to just start thinking more about like boosting traffic, putting some more money into ads, and figuring out how to make sure that we don't like cannibalize our own partners, uh, right. like our other customers' traffic. So we really got to start thinking of the strategy for like if new customers come on, how do we offset that with with more ad spend or appropriate ways of like getting more traffic to the site? Uh, so yeah. because otherwise we end up hurting <laughs> all the parties and you either have to like lower your price or you need to um, limit the number of customers uh, that we have on. So still some thinking around that. It's, you know, it's not taking a ton of my time right now to um, keep that going. And so, and there's still some interesting learning from that. Um, Aside from that, also looking at just researching kind of more technical side of things, infrastructure, and, um, you know, kind of like planning out what frameworks do I want to use both on the front end, but also from an architecture standpoint, um, something like I've never done a lot of is integrations with things like Zapier or like how you would do these event driven, like someone submits a form and then it goes and triggers that, uh, their Zapier account. So I'm watching a right. lot of videos on setting up zaps, um, from both as a user, but also as a developer creating zaps and that it can be pretty hard to find the right information out there for that. It's a pretty complex subject. So I do think that's going to take some time, but I think once that, I mean that piece in itself will open up so many doors of being able to submit forms and, and just have it go to wherever MailChimp and Google sheets and Slack or whatever. And, and that's like probably the main selling point. In fact, when I was talking with my 
uh, friend on that call, um, he was like, I asked, like, do you even need the ability to store the form data in our system? And he's like, no, I really just want to connect. I want a connecting tool that connects me and, you know, sends it off. And so that might actually be an opportunity to, like, save myself having to store all this customer data and really just um, be a, you know, middle player there and just, like, kind of route things around. Um, So, yeah, there's a lot of, like, complex complexities in that I want to make sure that I'm building this properly from the get-go or at least as much as I can so before just diving in and then and then making a whole mess of it yeah I also think that um, as you kind of describe figuring out all the event-driven stuff and the zaps and all of that and it being a more complicated space I think it as a freelancer if you can learn about that and understand that I also think it's a really high value service that um, larger enterprises would probably be um, interested in um, or like let's say mid-sized startups or whatever it might be but I think yeah that's probably a valuable thing to to know how to do as a freelancer as well. Yeah it's kind of like getting me into that no code space that um, I've been you know mostly just watching from afar but like really understanding Zapier uh, or getting I'm not there yet but as I will learn how it's built and how to actually um, use those integrations I think it'll set me up for some yeah uh, success and being able to, you know, something that maybe I previously would have built out from scratch, like I can still charge like, hey, this will be a few thousand bucks, but I'll get it set up for you within hours kind of thing. And that yeah. can be um, valuable for sure. And as like a, a no code consumer, yeah, I, I definitely have had like, I've used Zapier for a lot of things. I've used IFTT, which is like, or IFTTT, if this, then that. And then also there's like a Microsoft has a service called Automate, which I think is essentially the same thing, but it's mm. it's part of the Office 365 suite. So also any company who's paying for Office 365 has access to that. I don't think it's a very well-promoted product, but it's literally like for me, I mean, it's, it's, it's a direct uh, alternate solution to Zapier and it's already included in what our company pays for. So it works for me for a lot of um, solutions. And it has a ton of integrations as well. Yeah, that's cool. Um, that's the key, right? So I've seen some of these and like the integration number of integrations is lacking. Because um, yeah, there are more Zapier clones or competitors coming up as Zapier goes up market. Um, right. And the price is kind of getting higher there. Um, but but yeah, I, I don't know. I've used if, if this and that as well. And so yeah, maybe I'll try and um, work that into it as well eventually. I think just being able to integrate with a few of these will open up so many doors versus building in completely custom like integrations, yeah. though there may be some value to doing those as well for people who are not like using uh, Zapier and whatnot. So, um, but I'm going to obviously prioritize accordingly. Um, yeah. And I think this will be one of the highest priorities. And I gather like, you know, the more integrations that you build specifically for your service, like the, the more and more maintenance work that's probably going to end up in that space as well, like um, which can take time away from focusing on like the core of the product as well. I- I'm guessing. Absolutely. Like as these other services change their APIs and whatnot, like you have to worry more about it. Whereas if I know my API, which actually, you know, just investigating this Zapier, going through the docs and some videos has has 
open my eyes to some of what I need to do first is like, oh, okay, how do you, like, I didn't really know how it works. Um, f- but basically, I'll need to set up an API before. And it right. does, you know, that's quite a bit of work, but it's also going to help in that, well, I'll automatically, if I, now that I know that I've researched Zapier and you need to build an API, I probably would have said before um, that I don't need to build a consumer-facing API until down the road. But knowing that Zapier will need that for this integration, it's like, well, I may as well start with both in mind. And so I can go to market with an API and Zapier integration already out the box and knowing, you know, just like that's an added value so that people can use that. Yeah, I think that that makes a ton of sense to me. Um, It's interesting how these things inform um, the approach that you take. Yeah, it's good just to, like I've been, yeah, diagramming stuff out, looking at where things are going to go and like what tools I might need in there and doing some research. And it's slowing me down in the way that I'm not just like building, building, building. But, you know, I'm also learning a lot about what, and it's, shaping the way that I'll build this product. And so right. I'm pretty I'm getting pretty excited about it. Even if it's um not this forms tool, all of this is like just table stakes for most SaaS businesses nowadays. And so um right. yeah, I'm kind of I'm just excited to like get a lot of this authentication and the uh integrations work and um you know, if the form stuff doesn't work out, then um not to be like overly pessimistic, but like whatever I would do next, you can pr- probably transport a lot of that learning to a new project. Yeah, I, I definitely think um, that will be the case. That's really cool. Awesome. It's yeah. like uh, nice to hear that there's been like, it, it sounds like even though you're feeling like you weren't making a bunch of progress, that you've actually like done a lot of thinking, had some conversations, um, and have some ideas at least around what you want to explore when it comes to to architecture. So yeah, it sounds like you've actually probably done a lot more than you were giving yourself credit for. Yeah, I think, yeah, you're right. And I got to look at it that way sometimes myself. It's like, uh, there's not always like something on paper to show, but like, you know, I'm listening to podcasts, I'm thinking about this stuff constantly and it is taking shape. And and um, actually like a quick podcast I, I should shout out. I've really been enjoying Build Your SaaS, which I've listened to before but I actually it's one of those ones that I um, so that's the people from transistor.fm Justin Jackson and John Buddha and um, and I've listened to like recent episodes after knowing that they're pretty successful but I just went back to the start because they actually started this podcast at the very beginning of their company oh cool um, or a few months in um, and it kind of gets into the challenges of the early stages. So it's actually been really cool to just like go back and relate to that content versus listening to their later episodes where it's like, uh, we're making like, I don't know, 50 K a month or something like I, I can't relate to that right now, but yeah. I can definitely relate to the, you know, um, early challenges of just getting something off the ground. So that's a good one. Also, you got to love when you have a really good podcast and you can start from the beginning and there's a ton of content to just kind of like binge listen to. Um, yeah. yeah, I love that. I loved that with um, Art of Product and with Startup as well. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't have startup. one of those in my life right now. Yeah, you should go and check that one out. Like it's it's pretty cool. I don't know. Um, depends what you're into. There's another one that... Um, oh, I'll save it for another episode because I can't remember what it's called right now, but it was really good too. Um, 
And then I also, very last thing, is I signed up for, so wasn't able to go to MicroConf and right. as expected, but they announced a remote version, which is just like a single day remote um, in September. And it was really reasonably priced. So um, yeah, going to join that. Uh, if you can make it, that would be super cool. I think it'll be cool to just like hear from some other founders and and I think they're building in some social kind of like, you know, uh, elements to it so that you can actually right. meet people still and have a bit of the what they call the hallway track of like being able to chat and connect with people. Um, so yeah, it sounds really that. cool. I'm like, I'll definitely check that out. I'm, I'm interested for sure. I'll send you the link and they had some some deals on the prices too. So cool. Um, you have you a referral gotta, code or what? Yeah, yeah. Just nice. cam.com. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So that's it. Anything else from your side? No, that's it. That's it. Okay, cool. Well, I hope you have a good rest of Sunday. And I think uh, for anyone who's listening, uh, wants to find us, you can reach out on Twitter at WorkPals. See you later. Take care.